You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. What do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor want a hump-hump bar? Or is this getaway day and your last shot at his whiskey? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Hey, this is Sugar Shane coming at you with another episode of Sanctuary Sweet Truth. Got Billy D's with me. Hope everyone is having a great evening on this very fine Thursday before the uh, holiday weekend. Yeah, yeah. I've had a pretty good, decent week. Uh, I didn't tell this on the last episode, and I'm not going to go into all the details in here, but Christina had a surgery yesterday and everything went well, so she's home recovering for the next couple of days, and uh, nothing major. Everything went good and everything's all right, so that was the main thing. Fantastic. So I took a few days off to be at home with her and try to wrestle the kids best I can and uh, keep them uh, from jumping all over the place with her. I don't go back till Saturday morning, but uh, took a few days off. But Cool. Did me good. And uh, I had one guy at work. He said, you got out three days? I said, yeah, well, heck, I've been work over a week. I said, I ain't had a day off, man. I said, I have to pay. When I get those stretches like that, I pay for them. That's what people right. don't realize. I mean, I work nine. There's sometimes I work eight, nine days in a row in order to get a weekend off in order to go out of town. <laughs> so, I mean, Jeez. yeah, it's like I pay the price. It ain't like I, you know, got two days off, work a couple, and then get three off. It ain't like that with me. I have to work a good stretch before I get those days off. It's just how our department is and everything. But uh, I do want to make mention real quick before we get started into the show, because I listened to last Monday's show. And I realize I get into a little bit of a rant from time to time. And uh, I want to simply say that, uh, as I've said this in the, in the past, um, if I was on an FCC-regulated show, I could, I could refrain from the language. I don't on here because I feel like I'm just talking as I would from one-on-one with anybody else. Uh, it's Internet. I'm not regulated. So I speak freely. Uh, I don't try to come off as an asshole when I speak. It's passion. You have to realize, when I speak, I speak passionately about anything I talk about. I mean what I say and say what I mean. Um, if I'm talking about Donald Trump, talking about Korea, it doesn't make a damn what I'm talking about. Right. I talk about it from a passion because I love what I do. The day I get on here, and I go two, three weeks, whatever the case may be, and I don't have that passion when I talk, I'm probably on my way out of it. Just to be honest, I could never just not put my whole self into it. And that's what right. I'm doing when I do that. 
And if you're easily offended like that, and you hear it if you're listening to the show, and something I may say may spark you a little bit wrong, or I'm not going to apologize. I'll go ahead and tell you that now. That's not going to ever come from me, unless I feel like I said something wrong. Then I will. But I will say, reevaluate your life, and try to figure out if there's something in you that might be a little bit too sensitive. Did somebody say something? Oh no, nobody said nothing. Okay. Nobody said a word. I haven't had any complaints. None of that. So, hey, I need to say that, too. I haven't had any complaints, none whatsoever. <clears throat> but I would just want to let some people that may have heard or may listen know, if you're a new listener, that's how I am. If you're an old listener, I'm explaining that's why I am how I am, as I enjoy what I do, and I love to do it with a passion. Sometimes it comes off maybe a little bit rough, but I try to tell it like it is because I'm, I feel responsible to tell people what needs to be told. I'm not your everyday run-of-the-mill-on-the-air type guy. I'm not right. Joe Blow that's going to get on here, tell you something, that you, need, that he, you know, and sidetrack everything, not tell you the whole cold, cold hard truth, and then go home and sleep, because I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. So I'm not like that. I'm not your regular everyday on-air personality. I know that. And I recognize that, and I don't want to change that. Right. That's just the way I am. That's just me. When I'm on here, it's not me being, I don't flip this switch on and go, okay, now it's time to be Sugar Shane. Yeah, that's my own air name. But whether this switch is on or off, it's me. It don't make a damn. I don't change to suit nobody whether it be on air, off air. If you met me in person and asked me the same questions in person that we talk about on here, I'd give you the same damn answers. So, with that being said, I hope you listen. I hope you enjoy the show. We're not always going to agree. We can agree to disagree. That's just the way of the world. Not everybody's going to make everybody happy. I'm not. If I never reach the millions, it doesn't matter. I hope to date, one day be able to reach bunch of people if that doesn't happen so be it but i'm responsible for the few that i do reach and i hope i touch the lives of some people whether it be five or five million yeah so, so. uh princess die her anniversary for her of her passing away was 20 years ago right uh, you know i hate she died and I, I, I know i'm not a, i'm not a conspiracy nut by no shape form or fashion but I will say I've always thought something was shady about her death, and I'll probably always think something was shady about her death. I've watched some pretty interesting things on her and her death, especially the guy involving the motorcycle, people that were witnesses there, witnesses things in that tunnel that nobody ever saw. And uh, it just just too many things. Well, I, I'm not a person, I believe in coincidence, but one coincidence piles upon another coincidence upon another coincidence, and everything just happens to fit right, I start to question. And we already knew how her mother-in-law felt about her. And we already know how her husband felt about her. So, I'm not saying that they're guilty. I have no clue, and we'll probably never know if there is anything there, because it's done been so damn well hidden and covered up, it'll never be figured out. If there is indeed anything there. But I just don't know that it was just clear-cut paparazzi that caused that wreck, that accident. I mean, the guy she was with used to be former intelligence. The guy she was dating that night. 
A lot of people don't tell you that either. So, just saying, keeping that out there. You know, I don't. I'm not saying that she was murdered, but it's just shady to me. I don't. I, I'll never. I don't know that I'll ever 100% believe unless they come out with some real good evidence that the paparazzi was the only one that killed that woman. Well, we, we'll never know. I, I. I'm. No, we'll never know. She. Um, I. I didn't quite understand. She could have had pretty much, with very few exceptions, she could have had any man in the world that she wanted. Oh yeah. And it seemed like she had a propensity to get involved with these guys that were that uh, that whole situation. There, these this guy was a. You know, son of a of a billionaire and a playboy, and uh, there was different things going on with that whole situation. And it seems like she could have done so much better. Now, I I I personally find it odd that if you listen to a lot of these conspiracy people, I can't imagine that anybody would have believed it was a good idea to kill the mother of the future king. I, I just I just find that I I doubt that, but you never know. I mean you I don't think it was I'm not saying that it is a good idea. But I just know I just know how her her ex husband was as far as a womanizer. And uh, he didn't like it that she was with other guys. He'd made statements on that in the uh, to the effect. Well, no ex does. And it's true. That's true. That doesn't mean if that was true. And like I said, there's no hardcore evidence of what I'm saying. And like I said, I, as far as I'm concerned, paparazzi did it because that's the only way I know show it. There's nothing else that proves well, it. Well, she, yeah, she had a lot of close calls with them over the years as it was. So, I, I mean... Like I said, we'll never know. Oh, no, uh, it, like I no. said, it all happened in that tunnel, and whatever happened in there, we'll never know. You know, it was done and over with. You know, it's nothing. It's a, it's a shut case, and I'm sure it'll never be reopened. Not something, not unless something really comes forward to really open it, and I don't see that happening. But it's still a sad day. Twenty years. Ago, oh, absolutely. She done, she done a lot to help society. She's one of the she fine. Did. She was a fine example. Of what I wished everybody that was in the celebrity status would be like. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And have the money. And she went to clinics. She helped people with AIDS. She helped all kinds of people. I mean, it was just something that she was. Absolutely. And I don't believe it was a farce. I don't think it was something she did because she felt like she had to do it in order to save face. I think she did it because she loved to do it. I think she was the genuine article. When it came to doing what she did, by no means do I think she did it just because, just so she could get a, her media picture out there on the camera of her, you know, holding some kid, sick kid or something. No, yeah. I think she did it because she loved to do it. I'll always say that you could tell it. You could tell it by looking at her, just her whole demeanor, her whole the smile on her face, and the way she was around those people. It wouldn't a person that doesn't want to really be there and really do it. It shows. It's like, oh, okay, I'm here, you know, and they'll cop a little smile at the camera, but it just shows. It comes, it just, it, you can tell it 
when a person's doing it because it, it, they just have to do it. Well, I can tell you this. Those boys saved the popularity of the monarchy. There's absolutely no question about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know exactly how the kings are chosen and how you can skip certain people, but I would say that that, that uh, is it William? William, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, he he should probably go straight to the throne and skip his dad. Yeah, I would hope so. Because he's obviously, everybody loved his mother, everybody loved those boys. And um, he's got the family structure right there. His dad has a mistress. And I, I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem like the logical thing to do. And his dad is very well disliked. That mistress is very well disliked. Oh, yeah. There ain't nobody in England hardly cares but two, gives two hoots about him. They didn't like him because of the way he treated Princess Diana. I yeah. mean, there's people in England quit liking him because of him being a womanizer and stuff. There's people, he's been, he's, there ain't nobody had no use for him for a long time. There ain't nobody, ain't, nah, you don't hardly hear anybody say good about nothing about him. And I'll tell you this. You know, we're, we're here in, in in America, we're conditioned to believe that democracy, democracy, democracy. And actually, in actuality, the the British system isn't that different in terms of how their government runs. The state is a different thing. Right. But <clears throat> those boys were required, and so was Charles, were required from the very beginning – to do a lot of public service, and that often meant serving in the military. Yeah. And I'll tell you, kids of our politicians don't have any responsibility. They don't, man. They don't do shit. And, and I'll tell you, Prince uh, Harry, the younger one, he did a thing with the, uh, the United States here when he came and visited, and he did a thing with the military to honor the, you know, the fallen – and he was in full uniform. And I'm telling you what, and I'm not kidding, Shane. He spun around on his heels in that uniform and saluted. And I'm telling you, he brought a lump to your throat. He he looked like he belonged there. He loved it. He looked like he belonged there, honoring our soldiers a hell of a lot more than any president has in the last 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. As a matter of fact. They, his duty or something here a while back was up, and he could have quit, and he and he signed for another tour. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. And, uh, yeah, I commend that boy, man. I mean, he's uh, – yeah, they're both they're both top class uh, class act guys, in my opinion. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you hold that up against the Trump kids. I mean, come <laughs> on. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me <laughs> a break. Don't even hold a candle. Nowhere near it. And any Kool-Aid drinking Trump supporter that tells me it does, I'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, okay. But uh, no. Are any I, any of the any of the of the spoiled kids that have been in that White House over the last who knows how many? None of them were required to do the public service that those boys were, and they did a good job. They did it, and it shows in the way they act, the respect that they have. How well spoken they are. I mean, that upbringing shows. You're gonna have a hard time telling me different. You're gonna right. have a hard time. That that those years of discipline really make a difference. Yeah, uh, I couldn't see Eric Trump joining the Air Force, but uh, be a slim chance of that. But uh, <laughs> excuse me, do want to make mention because he got a lot of heat 
Joel Osteen over to church. I guess you heard about that, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. About him not opening his doors. Now, I was a little flustered at first, but I have to say I got to thinking about it. Now, he's since opened them and everything. But you got to put yourself in that particular position. And don't get me wrong, and by no means possible am I a Joel Osteen supporter. None. But this I have to say. If the, if you recall when Katrina hit, how the Superdome was done. Trash all over the place. I don't know how how much garbage was picked up. People just, you know, they just tore the place all apart. So in his perspective, this is a church. Who's going to pay for it? Well, the city it, will rebuild the Superdome. They're not going to rebuild his church. Well, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond I, I if, if you really vet this story, you'll find out that there was water inside that church. Mm. Okay, and his point was it was too dangerous to let people in. And here's the thing, and there's people out there taking pictures and saying, well, it was only an inch, it was only two inches. Well, first of all, they didn't have access to the inside of the church. Right. And, and let's say the floor was just soggy. Let's say the floor was just wet inside the church. Okay, that's enough to get somebody electrocuted. Yeah. All right. And if, if they would have let somebody in and somebody would have got killed in there, the oh, narrative yeah. would be completely different. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. what he did to my, look what he did to my boy. He killed yeah. my boy. Why did he let people in? You know, so you just can't, you just can't win. And uh, I, I, I hear again, I'm, I'm the last person in the world who's going to defend a mega church, but I'm a, but right. I'm a fair person. Right. And I, I believe he got a bad rap on this. And we have this social media mob mentality now where everybody just piled on, piled on, piled on, making him out to be this really bad guy over this. And the fact of the matter is when you have a – like you were saying, you have a big room like that. You have water leaking all over the place. You don't know what dangers are going to be lurking there. You have chemicals coming through the floor potentially. You have all these uh, – obviously somebody could get electrocuted. You have all these things going on. And to make sure that a, that a big facility like that is safe took some time, and I don't. And and he he maintains that he that the doors were never quote unquote locked and they were shooing people away. That that never happened. Yeah. But before they invited people in, before they had worked with the city to become declared a a sanctuary or whatever the proper term is, he he wanted to make sure that that building was safe. Now right. that is not that unreasonable. That is yeah. not that unreasonable. And like you said, I I, I agree with him. And uh, I'm not a supporter. I, I'm like you. I don't see the point. And how the, my own personal view is, and there's a lot of people out there that love him, but how a man can spend a night in a $10 million home, have jets, yachts, all this jazz, and then talk about wanting to help people is beyond me. The dude draws in so much money. It is unreal. Nothing like his dad whatsoever. Right. And I knew about his dad. He got the ministry from his father, but he blew it up a lot bigger than his father ever seen. And, uh, well, he's a great speaker. Good speaker. But to oh, yeah, me, he can't take that away. 
Oh yeah, yeah I'll he's give a fab, him. He's a fabulous orator. There's no question about that. I'll give him the benefit that he's a great speaker. But I'm okay. Let me see. How I can say this without getting too uh, on the religious side. But from a, coming from a person that has been in that side and seen, yeah. you know, if you really listen to him, he's no different than somebody like Tony Robbins, but throws in a few Jesuses here and there. There's hardly anything he says ever does he throw anything about a scripture in there. Nothing's ever doctrinal. It's always he gets up and speaks about everyday life. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking that at all. And being a better day and all that. But call yourself what you are, a motivational speaker. Because that's really, when you get down to it, if you even read his books, it's all, it's all pretty much motivational speaking. Well, you know, I... And this isn't being negative on either one of them, okay? But Joel Osteen is a religious entrepreneur, and you're you're the guy that you like. <laughs> he is a self help entrepreneur, right? Okay, and they, they both use exactly the same sales tactics, exactly right. the same sales tactics. But that, I that's think my it, I, I agree. I agree. He makes a ton of money doing what he does. Both of them do. But one does it in the name of God and under the name of a cloth. And the one does it just trying to help people or whatever the case may be. And he does make a profit off of it. I'm sure an outlandish profit. He makes, I mean, he's got businesses, his hands, and I don't know how many businesses Tony Robbins started. Oh, he's yeah. got bunches. But the thing about it is, it's like I've said, it's not that the motivational speaker is a con man. It's like when your dad, when you're a kid. He tells you to do something 13 times. Finally, on the 14th time, you do it. All a person that's a motivational speaker does is turn those switches, trying to get you to do what you already knew how to do. But for some reason, you don't do it. That's all it is. Now, there's some out there I'm talking about. I'm talking about legit everyday speakers like Les Brown, you know, Oh, yeah. People like that. Eric Thomas. I'm not talking about people like these ones that get out there and tell you to chant and all that bullshit. I'm talking about a regular everyday speaker that's just trying to give you the tools just to turn something on to get something going in your life. That's all I'm talking about, a regular motivational speaker. I'm not talking about, you know, that's what I believe they are. I don't look at them as con men. There's some that are. Just like there's some preachers that are con men. That's not what I'm saying. There's cons at any type of work, really, when you get right down to it. Well, he, you know, he, my take on that is both of them, Joel Osteen and your buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you there. But well, both sorry. of them, bo- both of them do this. I'll, both of them tell you things that are perfectly correct. Both of them tell you things that could make a positive difference in your life. But what happens is, in my opinion, is is when does that good information start to get into a blurry area to where you cross over into using that, that feel-good stuff, whether it's feeling good about your religion or feeling good about yourself and feeling good about your enthusiasm. When is that feel-good juice that they pump into everybody used – to give you just a little bit more of a push to buy their book or take their course or do whatever. Right. And that is my only issue with any of them. Okay, oh, yeah. I, do be- I do believe there's a certain amount of smoke and mirrors 
with that type of tactic. Oh yeah, I mean and, yeah, he's got a ton. And of books. that's just yeah, both of them just, have a ton. That's of books. just the way it is. Both of them have a ton of books. I can honestly say I've bought ni- I've bought neither. What I've read of Joel Osteen pretty much has been in the Walmart book section. I've picked it up and read, you know, a few pages here and there, a couple paragraphs here and there, and that's what I've read of him. As far as to sit down and read a whole book, I doubt I can make it through it. Just to be honest. Right. Because to me, where I come from, a person of the cloth is supposed to set a higher standard. I'm not saying that a man of the cloth has to be dirt poor and live in a shack. But I think they should have a moderate means of living. Not $10 million homes. Because where I, in my belief, or what, you know, what we believed was you're going to get a mansion. Why you got to build one big, huge one down here? So he's got a ten million dollar home that you could sell, that you could hang a seven fifty land a seven fifty seven through the front of the house. Probably that's how high the ceilings are and everything else into the place. And then goes to sleep at night talking about how he's trying. I just don't know how I could do that. I'm not well, saying support- I, I'm not. I'm not saying I would live in a shack. His supporters would tell you that. That standard of living comes from his books, not from the donations that go to the church. I don't care if it does come from the books. It doesn't but, matter if it doesn't matter if it comes from the books, if it comes from the donations. If he's really living the living, living the life. Do you okay? God, I try to have to keep this try to keep it low key without getting too uh All right. If anybody can look at me dead in the eyeball and tell me that if Jesus Christ walked the earth, that they think he would take in millions of dollars and sell books and put the money in his pocket and not try to help people and do something with that money as a positive instead of building a $10 million house. I'll say, oh, well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally good. That's, that's what I'm to. talking about. And he's, I, I mean, he's supposed to be the example. Jesus, I'm not saying you have to go as far as Jesus. Jesus never owned nothing. He borrowed everything he ever had while he was here, if you believe the scriptures, the doctrine. That's all I'm saying. You know, whether he existed or didn't exist or whatever, I accept everybody's opinion. But, I mean, if you agree what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John says, he didn't have nothing. He borrowed everything, even down to his tomb. He didn't own nothing. So, I'm not saying you got to go to that extent, but I just could not rest easy at night with a $10 million home and all the stuff that this man has and then get up and, every, and everybody buys into it. I mean, we got, it's not just him. We've got Creflo Dollar in Atlanta, wears $5,000 suits and $2,000 Rolexes and drives all these fancy cars. And he'll tell you, i got to do that because this is what gives the people the faith. And then you look at the people in faith wearing, in the church wearing Walmart clothes. You can't even be a member of his church unless when they – I'll tell you how bad that church is. You can't even be a member of his church unless you're, you're debt-free. You have to be debt-free. To be a member of his church. And the big giveaway for anybody that's got any fucking common sense when they walk in the front door, there's an ATM machine sitting in there. Yeah. In the front door. If I walked in a church and they had an ATM in the front door, I'd do a U-turn and take my ass right back out of it. I'm not saying it doesn't take money to make churches take run, make churches run, because I know damn well it does. Because you got to pay power bills, water bills, all this shit's got to be done. There's a building there that has to be maintained. 
And I have nothing wrong with giving money to the church, but I think there's a problem when the congregation's giving all this money and the only one looking like he's damn dazzling and bedazzling is a damn preacher sitting up there. And telling everybody he has to have that money. His guest home, his guest home, Creflo Dollars, is over a million dollars. Where his guests stay at when they come in. <laughs> now that tell me that ain't some bullshit. Oh, he's, I know all this because he's been under investigation in Georgia a couple of times, but he still slides right back through it. That bishop fucker, I forget his damn name, Eddie something that died here a while back, he was under investigation a couple of times. Stealing people's money. So, no, I don't go in for all that. That right there is a little bit much when you got to tell somebody. Oh, he and if you're a, and if you're a uh, member of his church, you got to give him your tax returns. He has to see those documents. He has to also see what your tithe report is and how much money you're giving. He has to know how much money you make if you're a member of that church. Yeah. Now, when in the hell? What the hell does people think, man? Are they that damn stupid? And it's not just Christianity. I was watching a documentary on Netflix right now. It's really good. Oh, it's under, no, no. under Scientology. Them's the biggest fucking quacks off the earth. How Tom Cruise got mingled up in that shit. I thought he had half a goddamn brain. He ain't got a shit. Them some damn nuts. I'm talking about bar none nuts. They got a whole damn bunch of classes you got to take when you join this group. They showed a list of them on this website. If you got Netflix, check it out. But it's a doc. It's a it's a guy that's making a movie about Scientology. He's having to make a movie because they wouldn't even let him into the church for a regular service. That's how great go ye they got. But he goes out and he makes this movie, and they got this chart. All these classes you got to take. I mean, there's a lot of them. And guess what? You got to pay for each one of them. And then when you get to yeah. the very the, the, Tom Cruise is next to the last one. It's how high up he is in that church. And they said, because in the, in the documentary, he's got a lot of people that have left the church. I'm talking about long-termers. One's been, one was a member of the church for 30-something years. And he said that in order for him to reach that last level and take that class, he, it, the payment for that class is anywhere between half a million to $2 million. Yeah. That's some bullshit. <laughs> So, see, I look at that shit. I'm like, I didn't see Jesus going around going, okay, you're up to class 293. Uh, if you give me 7,421 shekels, you can take this class. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're a different thing than uh, oh, yeah, a Christian. They're not, yeah, yeah, they're not really. They, they call it Christian Scientology, but there's nothing Christian about it. But I mean, not really. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Really, it's got to do with mixing science and some form of some form of spirituality. They think you have different lives and you die and come back and die and come back, reincarnation and all based on a motherfucker that wrote a goddamn science fiction novel back in the fifties. So I don't know. <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the name of that lady that uh, was on King of Queens? Was it Leah Ramini or something like that? She was a uh, Scientologist. And she has had a series on. I'm not sure if it's A and E or what it is, but she's been doing a uh, a series about the church and about people that have gone through and 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 come out, you know, and and started to live a normal life. And it, it's actually been pretty interesting. Wow! So she left then. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would like to read. I would. I wonder if I could check that out somewhere. I wouldn't mind checking that out. Oh, I'm sure it's like, on some sort of demand or something like that i would guess it's on See, cable I'm, i like to study this shit 
I've studied all kinds of religions, as I've said in the past. And I like to study this shit because I like to know what I'm talking about. And I like to know where they're coming from. I mean, if somebody comes knocking on my damn door and says, hey, I'm from the church of Oreo Crisp, I won't know what the fuck they're talking about. Or, hey, hey, you know, before they come in there and start telling me what they do, you know, which I'm probably not going to let them anyway when they say Oreo Crisp. But I'm just saying, I'd like to know a little bit. Hmm. So, uh, because uh, there's some real quacks out there. Some of these, and there's some of these ones you think are harmless. Scientology. Let me tell you, you start watching this documentary that I'm talking about. If something don't change in the next ten years or so, if that long, they're on the verge of being another damn David Koresh shit. It's that bad. They got a fence on the inside of their complex. It's got floodlights up and little black boxes that are lined across the damn fence. And what they are is monitors. They don't monitor who jumps in the damn fence. They want to monitor who's trying to escape. Right. It's like that. And this one guy, he said, uh, they, he said they don't actually tell you you can't leave, but they brainwash you to the point that makes you feel like you can't leave. Okay. You know, it's, it's, they've twisted a lot of minds, boy. I mean, they're screwing with some people, boy. Oh, by the way, it is Leah Ramini. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm saying her name correct. Leah Ramini, I believe, is her name. Scientology and the Aftermath on A&E. And you can, the older episodes, apparently, you can watch them online. The new ones are on uh, season two is on A&E. I believe it's on Tuesdays or something like that. But you can check that out. Damn, she's got and, that many episodes. It must be going in depth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's actually a pretty detailed uh, program. Um. But anyway, yeah, she's uh, you might you might remember that program a number of years ago, the King of Queens, where she was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and the, that's guy from, the, yeah. The, the guy that was the uh, postal worker or whatever, UPS or something like UPS, that. UPS. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah uh, the guy works with Kevin's. God, I can't remember his last name now. He does stuff with Adam Sandler. But uh, yeah, he's, he, he still has a pretty vibrant career. He's got a new a new te- television series, too. I don't I don't remember what the name of it is. Yeah. 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 But uh it's just something to keep your eye on because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there when you start studying some of these things. It'll blow your mind if you're interested in that kind of thing. Some people don't give a shit. Me, I like to keep up with what's going on, you know, and it's amazing. And if you ever meet one of these son of a bitches and they ask you what they think about their religion, don't damn tell them you can't stand the shit. Because I'll tell you something, when you start watching this documentary, you'll find out they don't like to be a have people be a, uh, talk against them. They don't like it. Matter of fact, that David Shadididid, whatever the hell his name is, is the head honcho up there now. He's been on. He's been to court numerous times before beating the hell out of people. What's his name again? David. I forget his last name. He's a new guy that when the when, the, when that Richard when Hubbard died a few. Uh, oh, back, okay, yeah, 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 right. He's been in, he's been to court a few times for being accused of beating the shit out of people. And according to these people that left, that's on this documentary, they back it all up. They say he yes. will get in your face and grab your throat and all kinds of shit. Leah Remini, I believe, is how you say her name. She she went into that. She went into that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So and they're very confrontational. They're not very easy going. So if you ever meet one, just say, "Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, I ain't got time to talk about it. Have a good one. Don't even spend time talking to their ass. Or if you're going to nod your head, don't say nothing against them. Unless you got the balls to back it up. If I don't want to meet me, I don't know. I'd probably get my ass whooped. But I'm talking about the everyday normal person. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> they come talking to me. I probably tell them, hey, I don't want to hear that shit. Get on down the road. But uh, me, that's just how I am. But, well, I had a Jehovah Witness come talking to me. a flyer, and I threw something that's right in the trash right in front of him. <laughs> I did. I was standing right in front of him. I just had to put it in my hand. I just reached over and threw it in a garbage can. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like, I don't, you know, it's best to be straight up with people. I got a question for you. I don't know if we, how deep we can get into this. Didn't mean to get on that one so long, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, I had a guy that I've been talking to on Facebook. He sort of much, pretty much blamed Harvey. Now, I don't care. Like I said I'm just. This is a guy I know through Facebook for uh, being a scientific weather experiment or whatever weapons, whatever the case may be. This thing where they can change the weather. And right. cause disasters. What do you think about that shit? There have been any number of experiments over the years. I believe there were some in the 60s and the 70s to try to do something like that. Because obviously, if you could, in terms of what the military could do with that, that's you know pretty extraordinary. Right. Most – I've never really investigated this. But from what I understand, most of that stuff was a lot of hype. I mean, it never really went anywhere. Um, weather prediction, in and of it by itself, isn't a hundred percent. So I, no. I can't even. Yeah, I can't imagine that they would be able to to control those forces in some way. But you never know. But yeah. I I haven't run across a whole lot of solid evidence that really, you know, put me back and said, "Wow, maybe there's something here." I just most can't see of, most the, of it has been conjecture. Yeah, I just can't see what the benefit would do to start a hurricane up to hit Texas and cause 160 billion dollars worth of no. damage. I mean, how does that benefit? Right, destroy lives, destroy homes. That's not going to help the economy any. Right. I mean, the housing market maybe, but I mean, overall, you've destroyed people. Yeah. So I mean. I, if I had to say yes or no to that, I'd probably say no. But oh, I, I would, again, Yeah. Uh, weather control experiments, that, that, that information is out there. How conclusive any of it really worked is another thing entirely. Now, there's also a group of people that are blaming this on, on climate change. Uh-oh. And here again, I, I, I would have to be hesitant about that. You know, they've called it a 100-year a flood. They've called it a 500-year flood. Well, okay, well, that means it's happened before. <laughs> Right. So I, I I don't know that you can you know to say that this storm in particular has direct ties to climate change. However, and this is a big however, the fact that the in general the speeds of winds and other things due to the temperature of the ocean and other things is a factor as time goes on here. I don't know that there's too much denying that. I I. I I would have to say that's something that I, a lot of people are, are you know, what's happening in Florida right now, you know, what's going on in Miami, where you have these multi, multi-million dollar programs to raise the streets because the water's higher than it's ever been before. Okay, somebody should say, all right, something's happening here. You know, I don't know how you can stand knee deep in water in these areas and and deny that something isn't happening. Oh, yeah. You know, and like yeah. I've said before, I mean, maybe it is climate change. I don't know if it is climate Because for me, it could just be the change of the Earth itself. Because we don't know. The Earth is 65 billion years old or whatever years, many years it is. I mean, shit. 
something's bound to change. I mean, hell, our own human bodies. In a hundred years, your titties drops. I mean, every damn thing else drops. Gravity picks up. I mean, why in the hell wouldn't the Earth itself change? Well, here's the thing. Here's my argument. And Earth isn't that old, by the way. But what I would what I would say is this: Yes, over billions of years, certainly over millions of years, the climate has changed on Earth. There's absolutely no question about that. All right. But the thing of it is, is, is that natural processes in terms of the decay and renewal have been very gradual in the big scheme of things. OK, what we're doing now, whether you believe in climate change or not, right. what's going on now with the pollution and what's going on now with what we're doing to the oceans and, and what we're well, doing with affected. what's happening is that we are now beginning to outpace the Earth's ability to decay and renewal. Okay, we're outpacing it. That's just common sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. If, if if human beings were not here, there would be no oil in the ocean. Okay. No. It would be underground, where yeah. it has been for millions of years. All right. Yeah. So the uh, you wouldn't have cars, so you wouldn't have you know yes. carbon dioxide. You wouldn't have all that shit. So yeah, right. yeah, I can see your point there. We probably, like I said, like you said, it probably would have changed, but because uh, you know everything changes over time, but it would be a lot slower process. And, and you know, I said this in, in one of my other one of my own programs. I, I don't think people really have an appreciation for the fact that the air that we are breathing, the water that we are drinking. Okay, we're walking under the same sky and sun that Napoleon did, mm-hmm. that Cleopatra did, that Alexander the Great did, that Tyrannosaurus Rex did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this Drinking is it, the man. same the, water. The, this is this is our life support system. I mean, the, there is there isn't any trucks coming from outer space somewhere bringing us clean air. There isn't any trucks coming from outer space bringing clean water here. What's what's keeping the the environment vibrant is that process of decay and renewal. Okay, that's what keeps that's what keeps our environment running, and we are now outpacing it. And what's going to happen eventually is the changes that we are inflicting on the environment are going to be so rapid that we are not going to have time to adapt. That's the problem right there. Right. Okay, and here again, that's that's just common sense whether you believe in climate change or not. It's good to hear somebody that thinks like you do the same way I do because I've actually picked up a bottle of water before and be sitting there drinking and taking a sip of it, and because of how water works and everything. Right. And uh, I've sat there and be thinking, man, King Tut could have drunk his shit. Absolutely. I mean, you just never know. Yep. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it, and. I- Actually, there was a formula that I heard. I don't remember it, but there was a formula that that predicted the odds that, like, like I mentioned, Napoleon, that there could be an atom of air in so many breaths that you take <laughs> that he actually breathed. Wow! So, I mean, yeah, what you say is absolutely true. It's it, it's a very astute observation on your part, and and not enough people put that in, in into their reasoning when they start oh that climate change is a hoax it's a blah 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 the the, the resources here are very finite oh yeah they're very, they're very limited when the water's and, gone we're screwed <laughs> i mean it ain't nothing like you said they ain't nothing coming here 
I mean, we yeah. start using it up or the air or whatever the case may be, we're done. Yeah. There's there's no there's no more getting that. I mean, we know the formula for water, but yeah. have you seen anybody produce any? Yep. I mean, we know it's uh, two-part hydrogen, one-part oxygen, but that don't mean shit. You can't yeah. put it in a pot and just mix it the hell up and say, all right, here's another five gallons of water. Keep on mixing. It don't work like that. So, well, you know, speaking of Netflix, I get to this one part, then we're going to get out of here. You know, uh, you got Netflix? We use it maybe once every six months. It's probably a waste. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, we have it. Yeah, I use it quite a bit. But uh, if you get on Netflix and you have it, you'll notice all these new shows they got coming up, Netflix originals, movies, shows, all this new stuff. Disney next year will be gone. And I'm going ahead and letting you know, Netflix is the wave of the future for instant streaming television. Shonda Rhimes, I don't know if you know who she is. She does the show, uh, something about how to do a murder, some shit mm. like that. And okay. she also does Grey's Anatomy. She's oh, leaving okay. ABC and starting and moving to Netflix. Becoming a big thing. Yep, it's becoming a very huge thing. You're going to see a lot of people. Matter of fact, I've thought about somehow pitching a script to Netflix because it's becoming a huge, huge thing now. And uh, before long, I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years, that's all that's on Netflix is their own originals because they've got a new show, it seems like, every week. Right. It's that, it's that much. And they got some good programming on there. House of Cards is a oh, Netflix yeah. original. Absolutely. It's a good show. Sure. So. But um, just something to think about. Well, you got anything? I'm good, man. Uh, I didn't mean to get on the old Joel Osteen bit, but if you're a Joel Osteen fan, that's fine. Go ahead, send your money. If you get tired of give, sending him it to, sending it to him, just drop it on by my place. I'll be glad to spend it. Until then, we'll holler at you, buddy. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.